Hello, listeners. The PCPS would like to invite you to a whole new way of supporting this podcast. With much gratitude to our monthly supporters on Patreon, we've listened to those of you who like choices, and some of you would prefer to make a one-time donation instead. Done. You can now go to the PCPS website at poppreservationist.com and scroll down until you see a button that says, Help Us Keep On Truckin'. The Pop Culture Preservation Society is a completely independent production, written, produced, and distributed by Carolyn, Kristen, and Michelle, and your monetary support is our only source of revenue. This is what pays our bills and keeps the podcast up and running. If you'd like perks to go along with your donation, then a monthly Patreon membership is still the right choice for you. You can choose a level of support that fits your budget, Superstar, Solid Gold, or Bicentennial, and get PCPS extras in your inbox as a token of our appreciation. Episode extras or outtakes, bonus material, downloadable art, and more. And if you still just want to make a one-time donation, you can pay for a full year at once and get a fat discount. We are good Minnesotans, so we hate to inconvenience you, but we will if it means we get to keep doing this job. Thank you so much, and please enjoy the show. Watching it all together, I mean, you should be nipple lightning. Mm-hmm. My nipple lightning has nipple lightning, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> nipples on your nipples. Nipples on nipples. <laughs> Hello world, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the Big Wheel generation who still owe Columbia House a dollar for the 13 records they ordered. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images, and if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we're saving the TV theme songs of the shows of the 80s. You know, the ones that have been living in our heads, rent-free, for over 40 years. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. I feel like this episode, like so many others, should come with a spoiler, a warning. Adjust your volume accordingly, listeners. There will be singing. (laughs) I mean, it would be impossible for us not to sing this episode, right? And you're welcome in advance because this is going to be so much fun. You guys, we've said it before and we'll say it again. Our generation's TV shows, and we're talking late 60s all the way through to the late 80s, had the best theme songs, full stop. I don't care if it was a sitcom, a drama, a children's show, a cartoon, the theme songs from the shows that aired during our time were irresistibly singable or the kind of instrumentals that ingrained themselves into your very cells. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's so true. And the 80s was a very unique time for theme songs because there was a distinct flavor that they came with that was different from the story songs that we had in the in the 1970s, where the theme song told you the story of what was happening. Here's a story of a lovely lady, mm-hmm. or sit right back and I'll tell a tale. What is it? Sit right back okay, and you'll hear, hear, hear a tale. Hear a tale. Yeah, mm-hmm. on a fateful trip. The 80s was different. <laughs> yeah, it was more like they were giving you an idea of just the feel of the show more right. than the story of the show, right? Oh, that's Even the really instrumentals gave you a feel. Yes, it was of a total feel. Was. Yeah, yeah. So at our last worldwide. At our last Worldwide Crush book event, when we had our adult book fair or our grown-up book fair, not our triple X book fair, um, we had a DJ. Wait, and DJ, what? It was not oh, tri- an adult, adult book fair. It's not triple <laughs> yeah, 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 X. Yeah. It's for grown-ups. <laughs> we found that that became um, a little communication problem it's, that we had. Well, it's like the whole thing, like commas are important instead of like, yes, let's right. eat, comma, kids. And if you don't use a comma, it's let's eat kids. Let's eat kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it was the grown-up book fair, not the adult book fair. And we had a DJ at this event, and she dug so deep on the songs that would be important to people our age, very in particular. And she dug out so many theme songs. And that was unexpected for me. And it just made me realize how, how much of a bigger role theme songs played in our lives than they would in kids today. Okay, so once again, we were flooded with responses when we crowdsourced and asked you all, what was your favorite 80s TV theme songs? Hundreds of you had feelings, 
and lists, Mm -hmm. long lists of 80 songs. Truly, you guys, some of you get very passionate about your choices when we crowdsource. Like, I think some of you would choose this as the hill you would die on when we ask you your choices. Um, But we love that engagement. So thank you to all of you who chimed in. And also, just listeners know, we actually tabulate all of your responses. Maybe there's a lot of other podcasts who ask for your opinion. Right. We sit here and we read them aloud to Kristen, who, as mm-hmm. you all know, is the Pop Culture Preservation Society mathematician. We read all the answers aloud and Kristen has spreadsheets and Excel things <laughs> and she has adding machines and calculators and she is actually tabulating all of your votes. So, and this real. time it took a full 45 minutes just for, for just Michelle first, to read it did. line mm-hmm. by line your choices to me and have me tabulate them. We sat here. Still for 45 minutes. But it was so fun because so many of you, though, would come up with some that we were like, what? And then, of Mm -hmm. course, we have to do a little, you know, go down a wormhole where we're going, what was that one? And then we Google it. and We're like, I remember that. But what I thought was interesting is that some of the 70s TV shows that made our previous list, our first TV theme song top 10 list, which was way back in July of 2021, y'all. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back. That's a really fun one. Um, but some of them made that list didn't this time, even though they lasted into the 80s. For instance, Eight is Enough, which I think placed very high it on did. our first oh, one. Yeah. It didn't even, I don't even remember if anybody even mentioned that one. That did last until 1981. The Love Boat, which also made our mm-hmm. last list, lasted until 86. Mm-hmm. And those are just to name two, but... I don't know. I'm wondering why. Is it because we stopped watching them in their later seasons as we kind of aged out of them? Is it because like maybe we think of those more as 70s shows because they started in the 70s and this time we said, you know, we want 80 songs even if they did start in the 70s? I don't know. It was weird. We do have one or two on this list that did make our last list. So mm-hmm. who knows? What is it? I don't know. But I think you're, I think both of those things are spot on. I think people think of 70s shows, even if they lasted into the 80s, mm-hmm. that will ev- it will always be a 70s show to them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Love Boat to me, when I just looked that up and saw that it lasted till 86, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. That That's a 70s right. show. It's a 70s show to me, even mm-hmm. though it didn't start till the late, late 70s. Mm-hmm. Weird. And so we tallied up all of the responses from our followers, and we added those numbers to our own personal favorite lists of favorites, and we came up with a distinct list of the 10 best theme songs from 80s TV shows as determined by the Pop Culture Preservation Society. That's you. And in true PCPS fashion, there will be ties. (laughs) And it's not that I can't do math. It's just that this particular group of people can't seem to commit to one single answer. (laughs) No, it's a good point. Right? And so, guess what? If you mentioned more than one TV theme song as your favorite, we count them both. You're welcome. (laughs) Because how does that not count? That totally counts. Just, Just count this as one of the many ways that the PCPS differs in its approach to pop culture dominance and Mm -hmm. math. (laughs) Right. <laughs> it's that Gen X math. That's right. 5, Okay, so here's something important, you guys. We talked about this a bit in our previous TV theme song episode from a few years ago. I think you said it was 2021, Michelle. Mm-hmm. But it bears repeating because there's one man who really dominated 1980s TV theme songs. He even has an album called TV Theme Songs. <laughs> And they're wow. all so written original. by him. A whole album of TV theme songs written by him. And that man is Mike Post. You probably know that name from hearing it on the radio. Mike Post started out as the musical director of the Andy Williams show Ooh. at age 24. He was 24 years old. Oh. And his big breakthrough came in 1975 when he was asked to co-write the theme song for the Rockford Files. And this got big radio play, and it became a top 10 hit. After that, it seemed like every time somebody needed a theme song, they went to Mike Post. So he wrote everything, including The A-Team, Baba Black Sheep, Blossom, The Commish, Doogie Howser, The Greatest American Hero, Hardcastle and McCormick, Hooperman, Hunter, Magnum P.I., News Radio, Quantum Leap, Renegade, Riptide, Silk Stockings, 10 Speed and Brown Show, and The White Shadow. Did I say Brown Show? 10 Speed and Brown, brown Shoe? <laughs> and The White Shadow. I mean, that's, I wow. had to take a breath in that yeah. list. Yes. That's a, and I don't think that's all of them. I think I just got tired of writing him down. He won Grammys for Hill Street Blues in 1981 and L.A. Law in 1988 
And he also wrote all of the Law and Order themes, including the dun dun, the sound effect dun dun. <laughs> yeah. Which is basically a pop culture icon now. I was about yes. to say, he's probably made millions of dollars. He probably has a yes. home in like yes. the Cayman Islands just that was paid Fine. for by Dun Dun. Totally. Well, good for him. Amazing? Good for him. I know. I know. Okay, so having that little piece of information in the back of your mind that one man was responsible for so much of the theme songs of the 1980s, it is time for our official countdown of the PCPS Top 10 TV Theme Songs of the 1980s. In the number 10 spot, we have a tie, our first tie. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off strong. Right. Shocking. And tied at number 10 is the theme song from Growing Pains. As long as we got each other. Pains ran from 1985 to 1992. And don't forget, you guys, this was a time when 30-minute comedies, or 23 minutes plus ad time, were willing to devote up to a full minute to their opening theme. So the song was crucial. And this is when we got some great ones that are on this list that you're about to hear. <laughs> and what I would argue, even this many decades later, I'm not going to do that math, Kristen. You can do it later mm-hmm. if you want. But all these decades later, I would argue that these theme songs on this list remain just at the top of TV theme songs forever. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Because they're songs. They're actual songs. Right. Yeah, and they mean something. Some of the songs of the later ones don't – you're like, what? Huh? Mm -hmm. Uh, So Growing Pains producers commissioned not Mike Post, but John Bettis. Does that ring? Name ring a bell with you? It does, but why? Is this Carpenter? Yes, Carolyn. Carolyn. He had co-written hits for the Carpenters, including Top of the World and Yesterday Once More. So Bettis and Steve Dorff, whose credits include I Just Fall in Love Again by Anne Murray. Oh, and one of my very favorite Kenny Rogers songs. Actually, just probably one of my very favorite songs, Through the Years by Kenny Rogers. They're responsible for as long as we've got each other. So how could this theme song be anything but incredible? And it was. I'm so surprised that this fell to the bottom of this list. (laughs) For me, the lyrics are right up there with the theme from Family Ties. As long as we've got each other, we've got the world spinning right in our hands. You guys, and now it makes sense that the writers are also responsible for some of my very favorite songs, like Top of the World and Through the Years. Um, So in season one, uh, As Long As We've Got Each Other, was sung entirely by B.J. Thomas. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Gosh. Um, And he was joined in season two by Jennifer Warnes, best known for her duet with Joe Cocker, Up Where We Belong. Yeah. By season four, the show was a hit. They recorded a full version of the theme for radio play that was recorded by B.J. Thomas and Dusty Springfield. Remember Dusty Springfield? Yeah, this is crazy, right? You're blowing my mind here. But the Thomas Warren's version reappeared in season five, and then an acapella version with studio singers was used in the final two seasons. Okay, that is so – and this sort of sets up the theme for these 80s theme songs is the – say those lyrics again, as long as we're together. Show me that smile. Show me that smile. Don't waste another. the that's how 80s theme songs went it was all about love and being together mm-hmm. well in like, these family shows and family for it was yeah. yeah i mean we'll we'll talk about that more um when we get to family ties which mm-hmm. does make the list we're just not going to tell you where yet okay so tied in the number 10 spot with growing pains is a song that is appropriately back-to-back with the song in the number nine spot because they are both written by Mike Post, this dude that we just talked about. And they were both mainstays on WLOL radio when I was at Fred Moore Junior High. So I knew these songs and I loved these songs even though I didn't watch the shows. I did not watch these two shows, 
but I know these songs and I love them. Mm -hmm. At number 10, Tied with Growing Pains, is the theme song for Magnum P.I., followed by Hill Street Blues in the number 9 spot. So Magnum P.I. was released as a single in 1982, and it peaked at number 25 on the charts. And Hill Street Blues is a 1981 instrumental, well, I guess Magnum is is an instrumental too, um, by Mike Post that spent over five months on the charts. became Mike Post's second top 10 hit, matching the success of Rockford Files. And I remember Hill Street Blues standing out because it was a cop show with this very gentle, tinkly piano song for its tinkly. theme. It was very tinkly. Tinkle it was, was very... one of my favorite words, by the way. <laughs> it was a great I love word. Tinkle. I just love, love, love. We call Axel's penis his tinkler. Oh my. <laughs> his tinkler is full. <laughs> to take him out because his tinkler's full. So there are no synthesizers, there's no drum machine, there's no action, unlike Magna P.I., which feels like it's entirely driven by that helicopter in the, in yeah, the opening yeah, yeah. scenes, right? right? It's like you can almost hear the rotors of the helicopter in the theme song itself. And now we're at number eight, and we have a big tie at number eight. I this believe, is where they're all clustered. Yeah, we have a four-way tie at number eight. Actually, this is our last our last tie. Yeah, then the ties eight. are done. If we oh. can make it through eight, we're golden. Plus, you know what? This is a PCPS record, I think. I think so, yeah. That the ties are right. done at number eight. Well, Someday we're going to so, have number one. There's going to be a tie for number one, and that's oh, going to no. be awkward. Oh, gosh, oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the first song tied uh, for the number eight spot is the theme song from the Dukes of Hazard. Just a good old boy. Never mean it no harm. Written and sung by Waylon Jennings, Good Old Boys. It's, I mean, it's undeniably a great singable song, right? But you guys, it's for pretty awful show. I mean, did they or did they not I, have the I, Confederate I flag on their so car much. that was named the yeah. General Lee? And I know that, like, I mean, it's so cringy today. And I get it. Everyone's like, well, you know, everybody's so sensitive about that. But come on. It's so cringy today. We can't forget, though, it in 1979 to 1985 when Dukes aired. I mean, this was a part of culture that people just ignored. Sure, kind it of. was. I mean, good they people, did. good people. Yeah. Oh, like oh, I have, right. I have completely, utterly, staunchly feminist friends who loved Dukes of Hazard. Whereas, you know, little Kristen, I was so I just could not stand the. the she mm-hmm. wore those little shorts because I knew why they put the little shorts on her. The Daisy Dukes. So, well, like, I just like, intuited that. Talk about pop culture. I, I mean. Shorts are called Daisy Dukes now yes. because of yes, the, you know her short That's shorts, right. mm-hmm. and she always had to bend over to look oh, into the course. General Lee. Oh yeah. yes, of course, into the, mm-hmm. the General Lee, <laughs> and it just drove me crazy. And my That's brother car, would watch people. it. Yeah, that's the car. <laughs> yeah. I I would tattle on my brother for watching this show, and my mom would look at me like, "What?" Like, yeah, <laughs> like I and, thought and, he was doing something bad. She's like, "Shut up! He's just watching a TV show." And under, uh, listeners understand, we all totally understand the appeal that Tom Wopat and John Schneider, I mean, this mm-hmm. was a huge show. We're not knocking your show that you all loved. We're honestly not. It just wasn't for us at the time. These However, are personal the theme opinion, song right? was, yeah. I loved the theme song. I love to sing the theme song. You know? I also could not stand that, and I know this isn't a thing about Dukes of Hazard. We're talking about the song. However, it drove me crazy that they they would jump into their car instead of opening the car door. I know. And I thought to myself, Why? wouldn't it be faster? Like, if you're always trying to get away from Boss Hog, wouldn't it be faster to just make the doors open? It seemed to waste so much time. They had incredible core strength, though, and we got yeah, to see did. that a lot in their poster. So can you imagine, yeah. grab, can you imagine any of us holding the top of the car <laughs> and jumping in? The core strength it takes to lift your lower torso over the core. It's like a reverse burpee. <laughs> I couldn't do it. That might have to be um, the, our next music trivia game. That might have to be the loser has to do, try to hop into a car. Oh, oh my God, without opening way. the door. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my gosh. That's a good one. Then Mm -hmm. I'd have a trip to the hospital if I were the one to lose. No disrespect to those of you who love Dukes of Hazard because we know that lots of people loved it. They didn't like those damn shorts. Not that Daisy didn't have the right to wear whatever she wanted to wear. (laughs) That is true. I just, I knew they made her wear the shorts. That's what it was. Okay, I'm belaboring the point. I'll shut up now. (laughs) Okay. 
also tied at number eight happens to be one of my favorite TV theme songs. And this would be the theme from Saint Elsewhere. Guys, like many of the songs that we chat about on the podcast, the theme from St. Elsewhere can immediately transport me back in time and watching the show with Andy. He and I were just talking the other night about it, and we realized that St. Elsewhere was probably the first dramatic kind of must-see TV that we watched together. Were you married or not yet married? Um, I think it was a little bit before. I mean, the the show started before we were married, but we were like one of those couples that was kind of married when we weren't married. You know, we just did everything together. (laughs) Um, And so I think it transcended being not married into being married. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were glued to that to that show. So that theme song is uh, very important to me. Uh, Actually, believe it or not, it also charted. It reached number 15 on the adult contemporary charts in 1984. So it was composed by notable jazz artist Dave Grusin. And his, yes, his resume is quite impressive. So listen to this. Um, In addition to TV theme songs, his other TV theme song credits include Maud, Good Time, Good Times oh, that's a and great Beretta. I had no idea. All great theme songs. Yes, right? All mm-hmm. ones we know and I think maybe oh my God. came so in in some of our 70s ones. Um, and even in some people's opinion, maybe more impressive is his list of film credits. So buckle up, you guys. Listen to that. The Graduate, On Golden Pond, oh, wow. Heaven Can Wait, Tootsie, Goonies, The Fabulous Baker Boys, Hope Floats, and The Firm. How about them apples, you guys? Well, that's a They're career. They're all fantastic. Isn't it? I will say that the soundtrack to Hope Floats, well, the movie itself too, is one of my very favorites. But all of them, Goonies, those, that's great I know. Music. Mm-hmm. Those are all such a beautiful instrumentals. Um, mm-hmm. He probably is Mike Post's next door neighbor in Grand Cayman. Oh, I bet you're right. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yep. Sure. They're neighbors. They share a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, our second to last entry into the number eight spot is a show that was not on for very long, but it is memorable. And that is the theme song to Square Pegs, Square Pegs, Square Pegs. (laughs) I love this show so much. Square Pegs aired on CBS for just one very memorable season during the 1982-83 season. And the series was about two awkward teenage girls played by Sarah Jessica Parker and Amy Linker, who were desperate to fit in at Weemawi High School. So essentially, (laughs) they were playing all of us. How could it fail, right? But fail, it did. And we learned from our interview with Susan Silver in episode um, fill in the blank. Um, (laughs) Michelle will come up with the number. That it only lasted one season because of gross mismanagement and dysfunction on Mm -hmm. the set and rampant drug use on the set. (laughs) There are all kinds of fun facts about square pegs that I'm going to save so it can have its own episode someday. It has to. Because this was a big show for Fred Moore Jr. High. And one Wait, of I'm going to stop you right there. Who yeah. the hell is Fred Moore? I've heard about him so much. You don't know. You didn't have to <laughs> no, learn I don't even the know. history of Fred Moore. Isn't that crazy? Your school was named after. Well, I'm gonna and also, it was never Moore Junior High. It was Fred Moore. Yeah, you you say right. it very what, specifically. The way you say it, I used to always think, is it Fred Moore or is it Fred Moore? But I always figured that it's Fred Moore. Moore but His the way, first yeah. and last name, Fred Moore. Mm, okay. It would be like having Abraham Lincoln Elementary School. I guess because yeah. it's just one syllable for each. Anyway, Fred I'm gonna f- I'm gonna find out yeah. who Fred Moore is. Please do. Go you'd ahead. Think just, they would tell us, right? You or would be think some you'd have to know. Or yeah, or his picture. Yeah. No, no idea who Fred Moore is. Okay. So one of the most memorable things about Square Pegs was the theme song. Mm-hmm. It was so 1982. It was performed by the waitresses from their album "I Could Rule the World If I Could Only Get the Parts." And the waitresses were a new wave band from Akron, Ohio. Um, and they are technically one-hit wonders with the song, I know what boys like, I know what guys want. That was their top 40 hit. But now they have another top 40 hit because of Christmas. Because you will hear on your Christmas radio station every year the waitress's song, Christmas Rapping. So 
pegs, the theme, had this very staccato, square pegs, square pegs, square pegs. And then these very deadpan spoken parts <laughs> that are so high school oh, and so them. 1982, and they really sum up the predicament of the teenage main characters. Um, they, <laughs> and she says it so deadpan. She's like, don't want to wear my glasses, but I have to wear my glasses. <laughs> I like that. I'd like it if they like us, but I don't think they like us. <laughs> so true. Has there ever so been a true. bigger truth than that? Yeah. But this one is my favorite. Really funny. Who broke the pie button on my calculator? <laughs> <laughs> it's it so great. Is brilliant. Ty, the very last song that we have in our number eight category, we have a whole category of number eight. <laughs> our very last entry is from the show Angie. Angie has so much support behind oh, us. And it's this incredible. Was, it's incredible how, how many people list? love this show. I know. Yeah. This show was on for five minutes. Angie aired on, on ABC from February 8th, 1979 to September 4th, 1980. It just squeaks into the 80s. That's not even a full season. And it stars Donna Pascal, Robert Hayes, and Doris Roberts as her mother. And the show actually drew a lot of comparisons to Rhoda. Um, the character Angie was an Italian Catholic version of the Jewish character of Rhoda Morgenstern. They're both from these very close-knit ethnic families with sisters as best friends and overbearing mothers. Mm -hmm. um, Doris Roberts was the um, Nancy Walker character, essentially. Mm -hmm. So the show's theme song was called Different Worlds, and it was written by Norman Gimbel and Charles Fox, who wrote tons of theme songs, including Laverne and Shirley. And it was performed by Maureen McGovern, who also <gasps> sang the theme song to uh, Towering Inferno, right? Is that? Uh, it's that one of those. Or the Poseidon. It might be. The, after. Yeah, is, I, she's still. Is that like, not the Poseidon Adventure? Oh, maybe? Okay. It's, we'll it's one of those huge disaster films that scared the yes. poop out of us when we were kids. But yes. yes. <laughs> it's a big disaster movie, and it was a huge hit. But actually, this hit was even bigger. Different Worlds peaked at number 18 on the Billboard Hot 100, and it spent two weeks at number one on the adult contemporary Did it really? chart. Yes, it was a number one hit on the adult contemporary chart. And it has that same growing pains kind of feeling to it. Let the time flow, let the love grow. showers and rose flowers and being together and love it finds love it conquers love it it's just so happy it is the happiest happiest song so happy and i've read some comments on i think it was youtube that just really summed a lot of this up one person said this beautiful song would probably be even better known had angie played for more than just one year abc kept moving it to different time slots and then pulled the plug when they should have given it another year I totally agree. That happened to so many good shows. They just moved it around. And if I don't know where the TV guide is, I don't know when Angie's on. Mm -mm. Right. And this song could have been even bigger. But listen to this. This is another commenter, and this is so funny. Okay, stay with me here. Helen Reddy played a singing nun in the movie Airport 75. Maureen McGovern spoofed oh. Helen Reddy's performance in Airplane, the movie Airplane. Helen Reddy had a hit single with Angie Baby. Maureen McGovern's hit was the theme from Angie. Don't be confused. Helen Reddy and Maureen McGovern know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the star of the show, Robert Hayes, was the star of Airplane. Oh! oh yes, that's right. Let's yes. not forget. <laughs> right? This, was, this one was such an example of how our followers on social media Husker do me. We talk about, yeah. we'll share things all the time mm -hmm. that you guys get Husker do'd. And, and those of you who are new listeners, that means when you get that, what? That, I've never thought of that in many decades type yeah. of, you know, realization. This was, I kept going, Angie, why is everybody putting Angie down? So I just, you know, you just go on YouTube and watch it. Not only did the theme song just like instantly, you know, my, the, the part of my brain where it's been held for decades just, you know, started firing, but then I realized, Oh, I watched that show. Like, yes. I oh, love that I show. Too. <laughs> I would have never thought of it again until I, I died. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm um, speaking of airplane. Can we please do airplane as an um, as oh an my God. episode absolutely. one day? Yes, absolutely. Talk about crossover. I mean, everybody you see. <laughs> oh my gosh! There's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There's just 
Okay, let's get out of the number eight category. Okay. Carolyn, what do we have in the number yes. number seven spot? Coming in at number seven would be the theme from Moonlighting. Someone by theme song was written and performed by the great Al Jarreau. Mm -hmm. And there were actually two versions of the song. So seasons one through three of the show um, only played the first verse, but the following seasons all had a longer version, and that's the one that became the hit on the radio, the one that we probably know and sing along to. It reached number 23 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number one on the adult contemporary charts Mm -hmm. in 1987. These TV theme songs really like the adult contemporary chart, don't Definitely. they? Definitely. <laughs> I thought that, too, when you said that. And uh, it earned two Grammy nominations in 1988 for Al Jarreau. But here you go, guys. Here's my fun fact. Would you believe that our friends over at Yacht or Nyat, and if those listeners don't remember um, our Yacht Rock episode, the um, the kings of determining whether something is Yacht Rock or not, um, have a website called Yacht or Nyat, and they have a scale, and they determine whether a song falls into the Yacht or Nyat category. Moonlighting received a score of 59, which means it is considered Yacht Rock. It squeaked in. It's it a squeaker. Did. It has so to be 50 or more to be Yacht yes, Rock. Mm-hmm. It, did you guys watch Moonlighting? No, yeah, I never um, did. Off and on. Off and yeah. on. Yeah. It was a cute show. I think it was one of those that there was, you know, if I went back and looked at the year and the day it was on and what it was up against, I could probably figure out why I didn't all the time. That's mm-hmm. my situation too. And yet, much like all the other songs for or shows from the 80s, I still knew everything about it. Right. I practically knew the storylines. Right. Exactly. All right. Um, coming in at number six is the theme song to Dallas. Da, 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 da. Can't you see the flag girls in the marching band? They're whipping their flags around. Oh, Texas. They got their little boots on. This theme song is so majestic. Um, this theme came in at number four on my own personal list. I get chills when I hear it, but if then I watch it on YouTube, and if um, you all remember, they would split the screen into like three sections, yeah. and you're seeing Cowboy Stadium, you're seeing the oil wells, and I grew up off and on in Texas, so a lot of those memories, um, especially about time that I spent with my dad, are so familiar to me, and watching it all together... I mean, you're talking about nipple lightning. Mm-hmm. My nipple lightning has nipple lightning, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> nipples on your nipples. Nipples on nipples. So the Dallas theme song was composed by Gerald Emmel. I hope I'm saying his name right. If not, Gerald Emmel. I'm terribly sorry. But um, he was an L.A.-based composer who originally broke into television scoring on Gunsmoke in the oh. mid-70s. And um, actually, this is, I think, very interesting. The Dallas theme song was changed slightly with each new season, with some changes more noticeable than others. So it started with a very strong disco vibe to it, which isn't surprising because it started in 1978. Mm -hmm. But as it moved into the 80s, the song took on some 80s pop and even new wave characteristics. There's guitar riffs and horns, a synthesizer. So the song was the same, but at the same time, it was slightly different each season. And I can hear them all. I can hear them all in my head right now. I just learned this on my research last night, and I haven't had time yet, but I want to go on YouTube now and go through starting at 78 and say theme song from season one, season two, season three, because I can't listen to it enough, right? So yeah, everybody, that's a fun little thing for you to do this afternoon. Did you guys watch Dallas? Oh, yes, oh, yeah. of course. Oh, yeah. Same. Not the yeah. whole time. I didn't watch it the whole time, but I certainly did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I watched it almost the whole time. I think it was maybe the last few years. I didn't watch it at the very, very end because I remember when I learned that, you know, that Bobby, it was all a dream. You yeah, know, right. you're during the whole dream. I was like, what? That's stupid. So, um, <laughs> but that was something I watched with my mom, like religiously. Oh, and mm-hmm. I was probably way too young, you know, to be watching the exploits of J.R. and Sue Ellen and all There's no too young in the 70s. There really is. No, there's no too young. And Christopher, remember Christopher Atkins? Oh, yeah, with his banana, his banana hammock. Okay, so coming in at number five, the theme from Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. What else is there to say, you guys? Thank you for being a friend. It's a classic. <laughs> 
It was written by Andrew Gold, who released the song in 1978. And the irony is not lost on me that his last name is Gold, and his uh, song became the theme for from Golden oh, Girls. Oh, my God. How about that? But you know what? Uh-huh. It almost didn't become the theme, because producers originally wanted to use the song Friends by Bette Midler, but the licensing fee was way too high, so somebody vaguely remembered this other song about Friends that Andrew Gold had sung and was a hit in 1978, and, well, the rest, they say, is history. So they chose... Thank you for being a friend. And the song for the TV show was covered by vocalist Cynthia Fee, who at the time sang mostly commercial jingles. So we probably had heard her in our ears, but from singing commercial stuff. And I could say pretty confidently that her version, along with Andrew Gold's, both hold special places in my heart. They both take me Mm -hmm. to different places when Mm -hmm. I hear her voice singing it Mm -hmm. versus when I hear his voice singing it. Um, And there are also some great covers to this song, you guys. John Mayer did one that's so good and share. So I'm going to make sure we get those in the weekly reader. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. And also, a few years ago, a video went viral on TikTok, and we'll share this also in the Weekly Reader. It was um, a guy that does a gospel version of the Golden Girls theme. And it was so popular that then people started doing those kind of uh, TikTok videos where they're lip syncing the song. So he's over there. You guys, they are so good. And to hear that song uh, sung in a gospel way, it puts a whole different spin on it. It's so great. It's so great. Um, so we'll also put a link to that. But I've got to share with you my fun Andrew Gold fact. Okay. Okay. Sit right back, friends. His father is an Oscar-winning composer named Ernest Gold, and his mother is singer Marnie Nixon. What? Oh. Wait, why does that sound familiar? Uh, oh, my God. Oh, oh gosh. Because I was going to say, you may think, well, I've never heard of her before, but obviously oh, yes, I have. I'd be wrong. Oh, my okay. God. Yes. Well, his mother is Marnie Nixon. And mm-hmm. um, are you going to steal my thunder, Kristen? No, and you tell can us say it. I'll let you it. say it. But let me just say okay. that my parents talk about, like still to this day, we'll talk about this woman. Oh, so wow. you go ahead and tell us how we know Marnie Nix. Well, I was going to say, you may think you've never heard her sing before, but I know that you actually have, because she provided the singing voice for Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady and for Natalie Wood in West Side Story. Here's another fun fact about Marnie Nix. She is, and I hope I have this right, if it's not this nun, it's another nun. I think she's the nun that took the yes. spark plug out <gasps> of she is. Yes, that's the Von Trapp's car. I was yeah. about oh to say, gosh. how do I know Marnie Nix? Yeah. It's, it's associated with Sound of Music, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So she's not, obviously Julie Andrews does her own singing, but there's an awful lot right. of nuns singing in yes. Sound of Music, and Marnie Nix is one of them. Well, how about that, you guys? And she's Andrew Gold's mom. She waltzes on her way to mass and whistles on the stair. Okay, are you all ready to hear what's uh, what's taking the number four spot? Yes, let us yes, know. Please. What is number four? Coming in at number four is the theme song from The Facts of Life. Of course. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. All right. Well, this theme uh, song took the number three spot on my own list. It was very difficult to have it all the way down at number three because when I was in fifth grade, um, that's when the facts of life began. And I know like so many of you guys um, listening and here, my present company, um, we were instantly obsessed with this show. Instantly. Oh my God. I wanted to live in boarding school. I wanted to wear roller skates all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I wanted those things. I wanted to have, you know, um, an attic room. Um And I have such a vivid memory of standing outside at recess, singing this theme song with my friends and feeling so cool because we knew every single word. Now, let's not forget, that meant we were true diehard fans because we only heard that song once per week. We didn't have VCRs yet to record and listen to it over and over. This is 1979. So when it was over and the show started, that was it until next Wednesday. And so no he internet. All the words. And this is a little bit of an intricate song. Um, it's so wildly singable, um, as you guys all know. It's such a bop. Fun fact did you know that Alan Thick wrote this theme song? Oh, that so makes Alan sense. Thick mm-hmm. and his wife, Gloria Loring, they wrote lots of theme songs, not as many as Mike Post, but they wrote a lot of theme songs. Well, Gloria Loring is the one, she's the vocalist on this Facts of Life theme song. And fun fact, too. Um, they created the Different Strokes theme song together. Um, and fun fact, one of the voices behind It Takes Different Strokes, It Takes Different Strokes, it's Alan Thicke's voice. But I love what Alan Thicke once said in an interview about 
the facts of life theme. He said, the challenge was you have 24 seconds to do something catchy and memorable and sum up the entire premise of the show in case somebody had never seen it before. You had to do it with an internal rhyme scheme and a perky little ditty. I think he, <laughs> check. Uh, the facts of life internal rhyme scheme was intricate and one that I remember finishing and saying, yeah, that's pretty good. That all rhymes. I got a lot of rhyming <laughs> words in those 24 seconds. And all I think about when he says that is, when the boys you used to hate you date, it seems you best investigate the facts so of life. So good. The facts of life. So good. Here's what's so great about that song. I mean, listen to all the, the rhyming words. You um, Like, um, when you go and show you're growing now, you know, you know, like they're mm-hmm. all, they're all rhyming, but go Google the facts of life theme song lyrics. You guys are going to be blown away. There's so many verses that never made air. I was look, reading some of them and going, don't know that, don't know that. So yeah, pretty interesting. I wonder why they do that. I don't know. Listen, the, the rhyming, he did such a great job with the, uh, the rhyming scheme in this. Mm-hmm. All I know is that there were hundreds and hundreds of thousands of little fifth, sixth, and seventh graders mm-hmm. all around in 1979, 80, and 81 singing, when the mm-hmm. boys you used to hate you date, it seems you best investigate the facts of life. The facts of life, right? So awesome. So great. When the world never seems to be living up to your dreams, and suddenly you're finding out the facts of life are all about you. You. So then we have number three. What is in the number three spot? Coming in at number three is and will forever be my number one personal TV theme song. And that is the theme song from Family Ties. I mean, these lyrics, you guys, come on. I bet we've been together for a million years. And I bet we'll be together for a million more. Without Us was co-written by Jeff Berry and Tom Scott. Jeff Berry, uh, he had co-written many huge hits of the 60s, including, listen to this list, Do Wah Diddy, Do Do Ron Ron, <gasps> Then He Kissed Me, Chapel of Love, River oh Deep, God. Mountain High, Leader of the Pack, and Sugar Sugar. Okay, I know name all of those songs. I know all of those songs. His name's Jeff Berry, B-A-R-R-Y. Oh yeah. And Tom Scott, his co-writer, uh, had followed in his father's footsteps. His father was named Nathan Scott, and he was a prolific composer for television and film. But Tom had previously written the TV theme song Gotcha for Starsky and Hutch and had worked on background scores for several other shows. Wait, the theme song for Starsky and Hutch is called Gotcha? That's apparently. That's awesome. Um, without us. Without us. Yeah, I know. That's good, isn't mm-hmm. it? Gotcha. And it has an exclamation point at the yeah. end. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Without Us was originally performed for the first 10 episodes of season one by Dennis Tufano, I think, T-U-F-A-N-O, Dennis Tufano, and Mindy Sterling. But after that, and for the remainder of the show's 180, geez, episode run, it was performed, as we all know, so beautifully by Johnny Mathis and Denise Williams. Such a good who, pairing. They just yes. knocked that so song good. out I know. of the park. Mm-hmm. Oh God! What would it belongs do, to them? Without us, I want to say something real quick. At the beginning, um, we were talking about Jan, the DJ at our our um, grown up book fair, playing some theme songs, and I have this really great memory. And I think it, we have video proof of this because I think my husband videoed it. But Carolyn and I took the cardboard cutout of Harry Styles. She played <laughs> without us, and so Carolyn and I are slow dancing with Harry Styles too. What would we do, baby, without us? I might have to find that and share that yes, on social media um, this week, Carolyn. That would be fun. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? Are we up to number two? Yeah. This is big. You guys, we're getting closer and closer to number one. In our number two spot, we have the theme song from Cheers. I know. Oh, Cheers was part of the Thursday night lineup on NBC from 1982 until 1993. And the original lyrics of the Cheers theme song were, singing the blues when the Red Sox lose, it's a crisis in your life. No. On the run, because all your girlfriends want to be your wife. No. And the laundry ticket's in the wash. (laughs) Exactly. Would we be singing that still today? No. No. Well, Red Sox we would fans not. would, but we wouldn't. Right. 
Right. So they the producers are like, no. They sent them back, and then we get making your way in the world today takes, takes everything, everything you got. got. Everybody sing. Taking, Taking a break, break from, from all, all your worries, worries sure, sure would, would help. help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows you're And then you can always go, da-da-da-da-da-da. I love that you, line. I know. Because isn't that, to me, that is what everybody, that's like this fundamental human need that we all have. Yeah. It's true. You want to go yeah. somewhere where people know your name. I everybody just line. wants to belong. Yes. They, they belong. nailed it. They did. They totally nailed it. Mm-hmm. That song received an Emmy nomination in 1983 when the show was still kind of in the toilet. It was not that popular with viewers. Um, that was for Outstanding Achievement in Music and Lyrics. And both Rolling Stone and TV Guide have named it the greatest theme song of all time, mm-hmm. Ooh, which wow. is very interesting. Well, for not me, PCPS, sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> Didn't make our number one. We have our own whatever. distinct list. <laughs> for me... Cheers was a show that I watched in syndication primarily every night at 10.30 p.m. with my college roommates. And the theme song played an important role in that ritual. We didn't just watch the show together. We sang the opening theme song Mm -hmm. together. And on more than one occasion, one roommate would come running in the door, throw their book bag down on the floor just in time to start singing. It happened all the time. I'm looking at you, Sarah Baker. (laughs) And the most important parts of the performance were the subtlest part of the song, something that you've probably never noticed, but now I'm going to show you and you'll never not hear it. And it was the ahs in the song. Ah. And if you listen, you can hear it twice. They go, ah. And then they have a really short little, ah. (laughs) Okay. And this is, this is be us. This would be us. Sometimes you want to go. Okay, now I'll just, I'll just do the Oz. Okay. Listeners, listeners, we can't just laugh like this without you. Do you guys know that game? And it was like almost like little Sesame Street hard plastic things, and you could push a button on a piano, and their little mouths would just open. Uh Like my sister had that, and it would sing the sing the songs. It's like call something. If you guys could have seen Kristen, she didn't want to sing it because she wanted us to hear. But every time they go ah or ah, her mouth went open so high, and her head kind of did the ah. Well, guess what? I'm going to clip this video, and we're putting it on our YouTube channel. Yes, this is too funny. You have to. And quite often, we weren't singing it out loud. We were being the little toy on the piano. We're just opening our mouths wide and, like, moving with it. I (laughs) love it. And now, of course, that is what we still do in my house. And every time the theme song is on, when it gets to the Oz, Mike just turns his head to watch me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and this is one of those themes that – so, you know what? We live in just just an amazing time, don't we? Because we can watch every episode of Cheers – if I wanted to watch, if I wanted to start at episode one and end at episode, I don't know, 896, I could do it today. Mm-hmm. But these are my comfort shows, right? Because yep. I did watch them every Thursday night. Brian, this is a show Brian and I watched all the time together on Thursday nights. And this is one of those that when it comes up and it gives you the choice to skip intro. We <gasps> talked about this with Little House yes, on the Prairie. Right. Ugh, how dare anybody ever click skip intro? Can you imagine that's one, of, that's one reason I put it on when I'm that's like right. making breakfast or something. That's yeah. right. It's the feel good part. That's part of the experience. It sets you up yeah. for the the so show. True. They write these shows knowing that you're coming into it right off of that, you know, the, those yeah, notes or true. whatever. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you're coming running in from the library after yes. a hard night of studying and you just want to sing the Oz. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I will uh, never not hear that now. Yes. It's true. You'll no, never not hear it. And I'm you're going to have to sing like, it. But I'm going to, no, I'm not going to sing it. I'm doing just like what you do, but I have to do that with my head too. Yeah. And then you, the little short one at the and end. You, you just go. go oh, oh, just oh, oh. That's when you just yeah. do, you're just that little. What is that game called, listeners? It's you well, know I'm going to find it, it and I'm going to post it. On, I mean, I it think for like my sister, keyboard. it's like a little piano, but I thought it, you're it totally played right. the note. Like, no, you're totally right. I'm calling it a game, but it's like a toy. Let's just say, toy. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm finding it. It's going on social media sometime this week. That's our number two song. Cheers. Mm. So and good. now, drum roll, please. It is time to reveal. The number one most popular TV theme song of the 80s, as voted by the Pop Culture Preservation Society. 
ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, our number one is just that. Believe it or not. <laughs> believe it or not. been living under a rock, ladies and gentlemen, that happens to be the theme song for The Greatest American Hero, which I actually loved that show. Lots of people will say, I never watched it, but I love the song. I loved Connie Selica. Mm-hmm. Remember oh, Connie Selica? Oh, I, was, I do. Oh, I thought she, she was, was on the gorgeous. cover of Dynamite. Yes. And she was married to Gil Gerard. So, oh, Gil she Gerard, was? Buck yeah. Rogers. Yes, oh, they're a gorgeous couple. And she was in Battle of the Network Stars all the time. All the yes. time. I loved mm-hmm. her. Loved her, mm-hmm. loved her, loved her. Well, believe it or not, actually reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1981, and as you just heard it, I'm sure you could have also heard us belting that song out, each one of us, um, somewhere in 1981. That's how much we love, love that song. Now, guess what? The song was written by Kristen's friend and yours, Mike Post, along with help from Stephen Geyer, and performed by the one and only one-hit wonder, poor Joey Scarberry. <laughs> Does anyone else ever say Joey Scarborough when they say <laughs> oh, his name? Or is that just, yeah, oh, that's what I yes. thought it was. No, oh, it's Scarberry. No, it's, Scarberry. it's one of those oh. things that I'm like, what? It's not Scarborough. <laughs> that's right. And I probably yeah, but why would you call him poor? He has to have made a killing on that one. Well, wonder, I know. Right? But you know I what? Hope so. so because of this, the song's phenomenal success, it prompted Elektra Records to sign Joey to an exclusive deal. And his debut album and his debut album and cool. His debut album included songs written by Bruce Hornsby and Dan Seals, who happened to have a duet with Marie Osmond. And you would think with some songwriters like that, Joey would have had a lot of hit singles. But that would not be true. His solo career never did take off, but he did sing the theme song to Hardcastle and McCormick. I don't know if you guys watched that. How did that not make our list? Um, (laughs) The only reason I remember that show, I was all excited because the actor and I should look it up but I don't remember his real name, but he was the actor who had played Frank Ryan on Ryan's Hope. And I was oh. like, oh, he must be a real actor. He's on like at nighttime. A real actor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Daytime, not real. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, and believe it or not, has woven its way into some other pop culture moments that you all might remember. Do you remember um, the Seinfeld episode where George has a... Um, answering machine message remember answering machines you guys believe it or not george isn't at home please leave a message at the beat i must be out before i pick up the phone where could i be believe it or not i'm not home oh gosh i love that (laughs) You're just so funny. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny that Kristen is snorting. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, again, rounding out our top ten is the one and only, believe it or not. Just like the light of a new day, it hit me from out of the blue. So maybe one of the reasons that we loved some of these songs so much is because we actually heard them more than just once a week because they actually were hits on the radio. As we've already talked about, we had The Greatest American Hero, Cheers, Moonlighting, Magnum P.I., Hill Street Blues, all getting lots of radio play and charting. Some other 80s theme songs that also charted, believe this or not, (laughs) (laughs) I cracked myself up. Believe okay. it or not. You have to start every fun wait, fact wait. with that now. Believe you know it what? or not. WKRP in Cincinnati actually hit 60, number oh, 65 on the top 100. Song. Did that one make our list last time? I need to go back and listen, Like just like I suggested yeah, for remember. the listeners to do. I need to go back this week and listen to our July uh, 2021 Yeah, TV I don't remember if that episode. made it in or not. It was all 70s. It was all, it, well, no, because we had Love Boat and stuff on there. So, yeah. I mean, there were some mm-hmm. 80s, some shows that squeaked into the 80s, Family Ties. All right. Now, this one kind of shocked me that it did not make our list because it hit number one on the Hot 100 in 1985. K 
Can you guys guess oh, what I'm talking about? Number one. 1985. In 1985. And, and this is not like even. Dynasty or something? No, it is Miami Vice. Oh, oh yes, sure. of course. Votes. People did, did. Oh, okay. they did. Okay. Yeah, just didn't make mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It just didn't okay. make it. In. But that was a huge song. That huge, was a huge, huge. song. Number yeah. one. Also huge for high school bands. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would have been in 1985 when you might have been in high school, Michelle. That, right? That I, so I was in high school in 1985. I was a sophomore in high school. Do you know what else is interesting about some of these songs that made our list? And then, like you're just saying, this theme made that was was the top of the radio charts. Mm-hmm. What we don't get anymore is instrumentals. We get a lot of instrumental yeah. TV mm-hmm. theme songs now, but right. we had a lot of instrumentals on the radio. I mean, yeah, even non-TV yeah. theme songs like Music Box, Dan- Music Box Dancer and you know Nadia's theme and things. We don't get a lot of instrumentals no. anymore. By that, mm-hmm. I mean zero. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's because of the lack of those things being on TV because that was kind of the vehicle for making them popular. Even Nadia's theme was because it was Young and the Restless theme and then Uh the Olympics, Mm -hmm. right? It was Nadia. And I don't think, where would we hear them? Right? Where yeah. we well, right. everything's so different now. Even radio is so right. different now. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. followed a song structure. Like even though they were instrumentals, they still had a song structure. Mm-hmm. And now the theme songs certainly don't have that. Lastly, I wanted to talk about, believe it or not. I'm sorry, Carly. <laughs> who knows how many times I say believe that? Believe it or not. Every time you say believe it or not, I don't know if you're talking about the song because you actually say believe it or not a lot. A lot. Mm-hmm. Oh. So every time you say believe it or not, I'm like Where's this going? I'm looking oh on gosh. air. Without a doubt, and believe it or not, those are my <laughs> yeah. little... Okay. Well, the theme from Dynasty, you guys, hit number 18 on the adult mm-hmm. contemporary charts in 1982. And I've got a few rabbit hole fun facts about this. And I'm going to share them, whether or not you want to hear them. <laughs> so Dynasty's theme was written by composer Bill Conti, who oh. was still flying high from the recent success of his film score from the movie Rocky. That's big. So that is right. So we've got flying high now to the Dynasty theme song. Not only did he do Rocky, he also composed the film scores for Karate Kid and the James Bond film For Your Eyes Only, which oh, I loved. Oh, kind of an 80s king. Yes, and so, I love yeah. that song. You remember Sheena mm-hmm. Easton? For, for your, your eyes only. only. Or even the beginning, like, for your eyes only. Well, I can't say, <laughs> take that all out. Take me through the night. Okay. Um, He also did some other TV theme songs, including the Dynasty spinoff, The Colbys. He did Falcon Falcon Crest and Cagney and Lacey. (gasps) I love Cagney and Lacey. (laughs) Did you really watch that? Oh, yeah. of course, with my yeah. parents. My yeah. parents I loved still, my mother. My parents loved. think that Cagney and Lacey is like a current show. Yeah, oh. <laughs> my mom loved Time Daily, and then when I found yes. out who her brother was, and because then I watched Wings and I all loved that. Wings. So, mm-hmm. Oh my Wings god, Tim so Daly is her brother. Yes. Yeah, her That's little brother. That's another show you can still catch on some streaming service. Mm-hmm. Wings. Mm-hmm. And oh, I loved that show. So those were just a few songs that were TV themes that um, made for hits on the radio. They were actual hits on the radio, and that's mm-hmm. why we heard them all the time, even oh, if yeah. we didn't watch the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can't neglect uh, a couple of songs that um, made our honorable mention list um, or themes that didn't make this list that we really wish would have. Um, we were shocked that these songs <laughs> didn't make the list. So here's a song. Here's a song that could not be included in our countdown, even though it got a lot of votes. And the weird thing is, I was certain that I was the only person who even knew this song slash show let alone loved it. But no, I am not alone. And that song is Making It by David Naughton from the show Making It. <laughs> making it. Do, 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 do. I'm making doing our thumbs right now. We're doing our thumbs. I love the song so much. It's the only song that I requested of the DJ at my Worldwide Crush (laughs) launch party. And I thought I would be out there on the dance floor all by myself. But no, our special guest, Megan McCafferty, author of the Jessica Darling series, who flew all the way to Minnesota from New Jersey for my party, is on the dance floor with me singing every single word. She knows all the words just like I do. And it's sort of like I'm looking in a mirror while she's singing. I'm like, what? It was kind you of surreal to watch song? it. Too. It was. Yes. It was crazy, yeah. I couldn't believe it. 
it. So I'm like, all right, I guess there are two people who watched this show. But there were others. But apparently we're not the only two because on the post, there were lots of people who mentioned making it and they loved making it. But alas, this show is disqualified from our countdown because it aired only in 1979. It never cracked the 80s, so it doesn't qualify. But it gets even weirder, you guys. It turns out that this show that I loved so much was on for nine episodes. That's it. That is all. It was only on in February and March of 1979. That's it. And from that eight-week period in February and March of 1979, I have a lifelong memory Uh of a favorite song, and I am not the only one. Uh That is bizarre. Wow. Right. Another thing that's great, if we have any space in the Weekly Reader this week, we need to put the video, the YouTube clip of him yes. oh, performing sure. it and doing the dance. <laughs> It'll make your entire week. I'm, You know what? There's yeah. room in the Weekly Reader. It's going in. It's so yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Well, my honorable mention is very similar to yours. It left such an impression on me. This is a theme song that actually did make my personal top five list. Even at number five, (laughs) it's one that still gives me goosebumps every time I sing it, I mean, hear it, Um, no matter how atrocious the vocals are, either by me or the person who's singing it. And that's a little song that goes like this. Something magic in the way you hold me in your eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, to Joni Loves Chachi. (laughs) And I would really, really like to publicly thank our Instagram, our society member, Insomnia in Chicago, who also felt this song deserved to make the top 10 because Mm -hmm. she actually was brave enough to leave that as her comment. The one person. Yes. (laughs) The one person. Hey, I feel seen though, Insomnia in Chicago. I feel so seen. Joni Loves Chachi was only on for, it's either 13 or 17 episodes. I'm going to air just to common sense and say 13. But mm-hmm. you guys all know, and longtime listeners know, that that Chachi was my world. And so um, that song was everything to me. And there was nothing that could light up my world like watching him perform <laughs> that <theme> song <laughs> at the piano, under the spotlight. The trumpets oh come in God. at the end. It's magical. other thing that popped up quite a lot um, that didn't make it into the countdown, but just we just want to acknowledge was Reading Rainbow. A lot of people really uh-huh. love the theme song to Reading Rainbow, the the reading show on PBS that is hosted by LeVar Burton. Who doesn't love LeVar Burton, right? It aired from 1983 to 2006. But that made me think of two other 1980s kids show themes that were such earworms for me. One of them was the show 321 Contact. Three, two, one, contact. It's a feeling, it's a something. And mm-hmm. so this was like a super sciencey educational show that we actually got to watch in school sometimes. And then there was another show on right before school called The Great Space Coaster. <laughs> I Do you don't remember know the that Great one. Space no. Coaster? It's the Great Space Coaster. Get on board. It's the Great no. Space Coaster. We'll what explode. Year? 80s? It would be early 80s, I think, Mm. or yeah, early to mid 80s. And it might have been on because my sister was watching it. I might have been too old for it. I don't have any dates for that. But I know that there are people out there listening who watch The Great Space Coaster. And that was an awesome theme song. Great Space Coaster, get on board on The Great Space Coaster. We'll explore, come and ride a fantasy to a place where dreams fly fast and free. With new friends and new things to see. We'll spin you through the galaxy. Okay, once again, our generation is the beneficiary of something that might never be again. These songs that signaled to us that it was time for our favorite show are little touchstones that help us recall happy times. They're like they're like little joy triggers, right? <laughs> and it's not a thing anymore. If you're, you know, you're lucky to get like a riff, maybe on a TV show, and I'm guessing most people just click skip intro anyway, without knowing that they might be robbing themselves of their future nostalgia. Right. Think about that. No more skipping intros, people. No more. 
No more. If you love a show, you better watch that intro Mm -hmm. and let that earworm sink into your brain so that when you're 55 years old and you hear it, you'll get all warm and nipply. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. And let's all be grateful that we were born in the golden age of TV theme songs. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. If you like our conversations and would like others to feel the same joy you're getting from these Gen X memories, it's super easy to get the word out. One, you can actually get the word out by sharing our podcast with others. Very literal there. And two, you can rate and review our podcast where you listen. That is tremendously helpful in letting others know about us and tell them why you love it. And to our friends who go the extra mile for us on Patreon, you guys literally keep the gas in our tanks so we can keep doing what we love and what you love. Thank you so much. Today, we're giving a special shout out to patrons Cheryl, Amanda, Elizabeth, Patricia, Kathy, Kevin, and Cara. And we want to thank all of you who engage on our social media. It's such a great for you to interact with other society members. So if you don't, don't already follow us, look for us on Instagram, Facebook, Threads, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. All the socials, as the kids say. So many. That's, that's, that's so many. I know. Please don't mm-hmm. add any more social no. media world. I, no. We can no barely hang, we're barely hanging on. We're and hanging one on the, by a thread. <laughs> And if you'd like to get some extra info about this episode and maybe see some video clips of the songs that we're referencing, all of these old shows that you haven't seen for years and years and years, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter called The Weekly Reader. It's free. It only comes once a week. And it's very easy to do. Just go to our website, poppreservationits.com, or you can also go to our link in bio and follow our link tree. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of the cast of Three's Company, to good times, to happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> the information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Hello, Society podcast belong solely to Carolyn, the Crushologist, and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. Love and we'll keep moving.